Yes, all aboard. It's the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. And the train is building up ahead of steam. So grab your ticket. It's free. Get on board. This train will be picking up passengers along the way. Taking you on a sports journey. So, enjoy the ride. It's the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. Your conductor, Anthony Smith. Anthony Smith here with A-Train Sports Talk Podcast, your conductor. Just want to let you know that this podcast is listener supported. That's right, driven by you, the listener, who wants to support. So click on that support button down there. You have three options, 99 cents a month, $4.99 a month, or $9.99 a month. We'll get your ad rent on this podcast. So click the support button. Your support will be greatly appreciated. Once again, Anthony Smith with the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. Want to enhance your workout? Try the workout bands everyone is talking about. Three different resistance levels. Light, medium, and heavy. Only at www.kakeybums.com That's www.kakeybums.com www.kakeybums.com To enhance your workout, with the resistance bands that everyone is talking about. Hey, what's happening? It's Rick Thomas with Running the Table, and you already know you are on board the A-Train. Hang on for the ride. Welcome to the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. It's been a week and a few days since me and my sidekick, Smokey. Say hi. Hey, how you doing? I think everybody doing fine. Now, let me just set this record straight. Me and Smokey been chatting back and forth, texting back and forth. He been wanting Russell Wilson in the Cowboys uniform. And I've been on disagreement side. And I can only imagine right now, I have not listened to Fox Sports Radio yet, but I can just imagine right about now, Chris Broussard and Rob Parker. Rob Parker, I could, I'd imagine right now, that was a lead-in story, and they're going back and forth, like two kids in the candy store. No, nah, I want butterscotch. No, nah, I want red hot cinnamon. No, nah, I want butterscotch. I want red hot cinnamon. Well, that's how me and Smokey been going back and forth chatting. So I'm wondering if we can bring that same energy. Thing no is, the deal has basically been signed. Dak is, hey, I'm like Terrell Owens. That's my quarterback, man. <laughs> I had to throw T.O. in there. I had to throw him in there. Dark shades and all. I had to throw it in there. But Smokey, he's been wanting Russell Wilson. I've been wanting Dak. 
Everybody's talking about, well, Dak had this injury. But quiet as it's kept, Dak has been at the facilities. Dak has been rehabbing. But let me tell y'all something. Trainers make a world of difference. I hate when that happened. That was called notifications. But trainers make a world of difference. And it is said that the Dallas Cowboys have the best trainers in the league. Anytime someone is thinking about trying to pluck one from Dallas, Jerry just ups to Andy, signs the checkbook, and give him a little bit more money. As a matter of fact, players from other teams come to Dallas and train with their trainers, especially when they have to rehab, because Dallas have the best. That's why I come Dak is ahead of schedule with his rehab from that compound fracture that he had. So I have all the confidence in the world that Dak is the man for the job. Now it's just a matter of getting other pieces around. But I'm, I'm going to let Smokey talk a little bit. Smokey, tell us why come you want it, Russell Wilson. Simple and plain, he got game. That's really, you know, Russell Wilson. That's, you know, the, I mean, the resume speaks for itself. He's a proven winner, Super Bowl champion, um, regarded as a top three quarterback today in NFL. Back Prescott, and I'll give him a top, a top seven or eight quarterback in NFL today, maybe even six or something, depending on who you ask. But um, that's the only reason, man. Uh, to be honest, nothing against Dak, but he's just not really what I would, you know, my cup of tea right now at this moment. Not to say that he's a bad player, not to say that he can't be the player that I don't think that he, you know, he could be right now. That's it. Okay, well, I beg to differ. We know you beg to differ. I mean, we know you beg to differ. It's okay. Everything is not Dak's fault. I mean, Dak doesn't have anything to do with how bad that defense was. Thank God they got rid of that defensive coordinator. Because who would have thought that during this offseason we would be hearing talks of maybe trading away Jalen Smith. But problem okay, with maybe. that problem with that though is man, I'm hating all, all these pop-ups. Excuse all these pop-ups. I'm getting these notifications. I need to silence that. But Jalen Smith was played out of position by an incompetent defensive coordinator that didn't know the difference between a 3-4, a 4-3, or 5-3. If there's any Anthony, such thing. Anthony, Anthony, uh... We know that. We know that. But the average friend, fan doesn't know that. All they see is somebody whiffing on tackles and, you know, out of position. But they don't know that he's not supposed to be playing middle linebacker or whatever. You know, they don't know that. They, they don't know that he's supposed to be out there on the outside doing his thing. They don't know that. So they get rid of the defensive coordinator. Thank God. But – I still have one more issue with Dallas. His name is Kellen Moore. And I didn't get no pushback from you when I said this. He's going to be the next Jerry Jones yes man. I don't think so. I I, I believe some of his play calling is suspect because – the way the, the way the way this team is the way this team is actually built, if you look at it on paper, 
Now, granted, Dak has more weapons on the outside than what Troy Aikman have, but in the grand scheme of things, this team is supposed to be built on balance between run and pass. Now, let's start, first of all, with that offensive lineman. Now, if you remember, Jerry was on a binge for a while of drafting all these offensive linemen. He was killing me. I'm like, Jerry, why are you drafting all these offensive linemen? Well, then I seen why. I I, I witnessed games with Dallas on TV where Tony Romo could sit back in the pocket, unpeel a Snickers candy bar, and take a bite or two before he had to pass the ball. Now, let's fast forward to this past season. That line was so racked with injuries, a retirement. You could have put Russell Wilson back there, and he would have been running for his life. He would have been trying to run out of Dallas. That's how bad that line was. So now, hopefully, what's his name, Dan Quinn, defense coordinator? Hopefully he can get the defense back in place. Hopefully, we can pick up some offensive linemen. Hopefully, if we can't get them in a draft, get them in free agency. We need some healthy offensive linemen because the ones we do have. Gabe Jackson, Gabe Jackson, Gabe Jackson. Okay. Give me the, give me the skinny on Gabe Jackson. Come on. Gabe Jackson, Las Vegas Raiders, uh, all-pro offensive guard. That they just released. He's only twenty nine years old. Um, don't know, don't know why were they release him? Probably because they don't think that he they can afford him, uh, especially since opening a new stadium and having to pay. You know who they just paid. Um, I believe that that's a get that the Dallas Cowboys should absolutely make uh, just to solidify that left side of the line with Connor Williams being a liability sometimes. Connor Williams can be a backup, a little swing tackle or something. But as a starter, Gabe Jackson will be the better fit on the left side with Tyrone Smith, Tyron Smith, excuse me, um, who can still be a top left tackle in the NFL when he's healthy. Okay. Uh, you don't believe- that, that, yeah. that I got a question right there. When was the last time he's played a full season? Because the last two seasons, if memory served me correct, he's been battling injury problems. Don't you think it's about time that we find his replacement as well? I mean, we can start looking at it, but he's still young at the, like, realistically, he's only what, he's not even 30 yet. Oh, no, he's 31. He'll be 31 this year. So that is still young. But his problem Um, has been with them legs, them knees. And when you're an offensive lineman and them knees start going, your career starts going too, and it doesn't go in a positive direction. So. Jerry needs to start stockpiling on that line again because for a while that line was too deep, if not two and a half deep. I mean, we had enough surplus on offensive linemen. We could have made deals with offensive linemen. We, we could have made deals with offensive linemen that would look like a Herschel Walker deal. <laughs> I'm just being real. And we don't have right. that luxury no right. more. And we, we touched t- on this last, the last time we were on, I mean, I think the only th- only reason why the offensive line looked so poorly this year was just the simple fact that Travis Frederick retired unexpectedly and that we had the injury uh, to Lyle Collins, too, which we didn't expect. Uh, I think that's why it looked so poor this year. I think that once we get into, you know, a new regimen with actually having less COVID protocols in place, being able to actually get into the building and have a full offseason underneath 
the training staff that you just mentioned that it was highly regarded in the NFL as being the best. I think that we can actually look forward to an, uh, actually having a very good or decent offensive line, maybe top five to ten, uh, you know, in the league, especially when we get the, you know, our bodies back, you know, in the fold. Uh, not to, you know, that's not me saying that we shouldn't be able to. Excuse me, my dog is barking in the background. I don't know if you can hear it. Oh, but I I'm not saying, it. yeah, I'm not saying that, you know, that we should neglect not drafting, you know, some some linemen because, you know. That being said, when we did have those injuries, the backups that we did put in, you know, they were kind of suspect. So, you know, to, you know, to make sure that we, you know, are on the right path and trajectory in terms of replenishing our uh, our depth, you know, make sure we do get like a high draft, you know, choice in on the offensive line. I wouldn't say the first two or rounds, you know, because we need defensive help. So maybe third or fourth round for sure get some offensive linemen help. But the first two should absolutely be dedicated to the defensive side of the ball. Absolutely. And if and if you don't think, you know, for those listening, when this will be published, if you don't think offensive line is important, a healthy offensive line, just ask Kansas City how that played out in the Super Bowl. You take two pieces away from your line and they're your two main pieces, it makes a big difference. So they have to deal with that all year long. And a backup quarterback, and your running back can't hold on to the ball, it makes for a disastrous season. One that we hope we never ever have to see again. But anyway, so the Cowboys and quarterback Dak Prescott have agreed to a four-year $160 million contract, including $126 million guaranteed. And did you get did you get the other info on the contract? I just looked at it and I started cheesing like I got paid. Well, the deal basically is technically technically for six years, but voids to four. So remember me saying something like somebody needs to be the bigger man because Jerry wanted a five-year deal and mm-hmm. Dak wanted a four-year deal. And I went into mm-hmm. my Jerry Jones talk and I said, well, look, Dak, here's what I do. I want to right. sign you for five years, but we'll give you a fourth-year option. So right here, it says the deal, which is technically for six years, but voids to four so as to help Dallas against the salary cap, can be worth up to $164 million. That's not bad. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me, let me, yo, so if that if that's the case where it's technically a six year deal, but in the contract is written that it's going to be voided after four, that is like some savvy negotiations that should have been done like last year. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Exactly. Because that is, this that is like some this, real. And what it all boiled down to was it boiled down to length of contract in the grand scheme of things. And, and basically, what we're looking at Prescott signing bonus is $66 million, the highest in NFL history, with $75 million due. In year one. Yes, that is that is, is crazy. The first three years of the deal averages $42 million per year, according to a source. Now, the Cowboys announced they had agreed to a contract with Prescott, but not dis- disclosed the terms. Well, reading all those numbers, sound like some terms have been disclosed. It said the Cowboys will place the franchise tag on Prescott on Tuesday as a procedural matter, a source told Adam Schefter. But the Cowboys announced they will hold 
a Wednesday news conference. And Prescott's salary cap number for this season will be $22.2 million, million instead of $37.7 million. That would have come along with the franchise tag saving of $15.5 million against this season's cap. So yes. if it's going to save against $15.5 million against the cap, that means they can look for some defensive help. That 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 definitely means what that means. And if you're a Cowboys fan, I think you should be able to be excited for this year. Absolutely. I mean, you know, I think that right now, honestly, when the when Dak Prescott was on the field last year, that offense was unstoppable. Like that that was like really something that I have not seen in a long time. Because right. They were just going up and down the field at will. Right, you know, what I'm and, saying? and and basically we had to because some games, well, a lot of those games we were playing from behind because mm-hmm. I still say, and this even goes back when they had uh, Demarco Murray. Mm-hmm. I'll even say even when they had Joseph Randall for a cup of coffee and a donut before before he stole the underwear and the club. right. <laughs> That's why I said when they had Joseph Randall for a cup of coffee and a donut. Oh, I see. What, okay, okay, yeah. Uh, there <laughs> were games. Say, yeah. There were games where the Cowboys were heavily going into the fourth quarter, and this was before Jason Garrett got the head coaching job. Why are you still trying to throw the ball when you have that offensive lineman that that running that any running back pretty much can run behind? You got the lead. Now you can start utilizing your running game. Because that has been one of my issues with the Cowboys whoever the OC is, is suspect play calling. If you get you a lead, yes, I get you want to look like a pinball machine or a video game out there. But at some point, common sense needs to kick in and say, okay, we got the lead. We got a running game. Let's go ahead and pound these guys with the running game. Why do you think it let's, – let's go even go back to the Super Bowl when Atlanta had New England beat. All you have to do now is just utilize your running game and wear them out and make because New England could not stop the running game. But no, you want to try to be pretty and sweet, air it out, and New England is catching on to that. Now you end up losing the Super Bowl. So if you have a balance between the pass and run game, sometimes that's your best defense. Matter of fact, sometimes that will cover up your defensive flaws because if you're not trying to put 40, 50 points up a game, you you pound the ball. Get Let that line just wear that defensive line out. Let either Zeke or Pollard run crazy because you know Pollard's going to get a chunk of yards. And Zeke, when he's on this game, put it this way, signing Dak, Basically, was the glue to get this team back together because the word the word around this locker room is this right here: when Dak is on the field, we have a chance to win. The players have said that, so that's my whole take on this thing. I'm glad they got the deal done. Now we can just get everything else to fall in place. Fifteen point five million against the season's cap. You got a little wiggle room. You can sign you some defensive help. Maybe get your offensive lineman or two. And I'm like you, I'm excited about this season coming up. 
most definitely, most definitely should be excited about this season. Uh, I mean, I'm not saying Super Bowl, but we should be excited to get more than six wins or seven wins that we had. Was it six or seven? I think it's six, six and ten. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go on record and say like this. We we win the NFC East. Probably our, our closest competitor in the NFC East. Football team. It won't even be the Washington football team. No. Oh, you're tripping. No, it's definitely I'm not. The Washington football I'm not tripping. It's, it's definitely the who, Washington football right, team. Who's their quarterback? They're going to probably, I mean, right now it's Tyler Heineke, but they're going to probably sign somebody. Well, I mean, Tyler Heineke, you know, there's still a newness with him, so he could probably still fly under the radar. I'm going to say that our closest competitor in the NFC East will be the Philadelphia Eagles. Okay. The old hated Philadelphia Eagles because the Giants is no longer relevant. Right. The Giants don't even have a quarterback. What's that Jones kid? What's his name? Jones. He doesn't. He doesn't strike no fear into me. And Saquon Barkley, he can only do so much by himself. He has no help. He's not a Derrick Henry. He's not a Derrick Henry, and the quarterback they have is not a Tannehill. So I'm not scared of the Giants. That's some pretty strong. That's some pretty strong words, isn't it? Most definitely. But um, I wouldn't even. I wasn't even saying the Giants. For real, it's the Washington Football Team. Their defense. I, now I have to give is a the, top I, five yeah. unit in the NFL. We. we when I thought about it, I had to stop and think, yeah, Washington, I never thought I was anything good about it. I, I still see I still see them as the Redskins. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I just don't like them. But right, and, and it's okay to but, it's okay to have but that. you know, I, I have to give that defense some credit. Chase Young is only gonna get better, mm-hmm. and he's basically gonna be JJ Watt 2.0. Yes. Matter of fact, I hope he slips on a banana peel on the sideline against Dallas and don't get to play that game. <laughs> I mean, look. But from a competitive standpoint, I want them at their best. That way there's no excuse when we beat them. Right. And then, I mean, I'm not saying that Dallas isn't going to win the division. Dallas is probably going to win. I think Dallas will probably win 10 games next year, 10 to 11 games. But um, we just got to make sure that we solidify that defense. Uh, offensive line, defensive line. Maybe sign Jerry McCoy again, you know, because he was supposed to be a big piece of that defensive front that we had, and he got uh, that freak injury in practice. Right. So, so maybe resign him. You know, he'll probably, you know, give us a little leeway with the contract, and you know, get him on a cheap deal. Uh, focus on the draft with the rest of the players in the secondary. Like as I said last show, I'm, I actually like Diggs. Diggs has. You know, tremendous potential out there. Uh, we're gonna actually gonna have to lose Lewis or Ouzier at the corners. Uh, I think you're gonna have to choose which one you want. I don't know about you, but I prefer Lewis over Ouzier. Um, and the safety, Donovan Wilson. Uh, I believe that I like him over Xavier Woods. So I want to see if there's a way to have Donovan Wilson plus a true cover safety. In the backfield on the on the defense, um, you know, because you know Donovan Wilson, he can hit, 
you know, he can stop the run, but that coverage is a liability. So if we can have that down there and then plus a true cover safety, I think, you know, we can do really well, especially having Dan Quinn back in the fold. Plus we got a new defensive back coach as well that came from Atlanta with Dan Quinn. So I think that we're going to be okay on the defensive front. You know, maybe we can improve uh, instead of a top 31 team, well, bottom 31 team, we could probably be, probably shoot for 15, you know, and if we did a top 15 unit and our offense was staying on the same trajectory we had with Dak Prescott, um, you know, before he got injured, we'll definitely be one of the top teams in the NFL for sure. Absolutely. And actually, if you want to know the real truth, I'd rather see this team from an offensive standpoint be that team that they were when Dak and Zeke were rookies. Because that that was a balance. It wasn't Dak having to throw 75 times to be the hero. Now, one thing of note, have you seen the fact that Dak is actually more clutch than people want to give him credit for. Now, back to this deal. It says the process to reach a long-term deal with Prescott covered. Check this out. Three off-seasons, multiple mega-million offers and hours of negotiation. However, here's the thing we got to keep in mind. The Cowboys all along, and I remember hearing Jerry say this, said they wanted Prescott to be their franchise quarterback for the present and future. Of course, we've also heard Prescott say he wants to remain with the Cowboys. The process just took a lot longer than normal. Now it is when I can hear Joel M.B. saying, have to trust the process. (laughs) And, And now the good news of this all is this right here. Prescott, who turns 28 in July, coming off a compound fracture and dislocation of his right ankle, suffered in the week five win against the New York Giants in October. But he has he was predicted to make a full recovery during the off season. But you know what? There were some complications in getting this deal done. Can I give you two names? Jared Goff, Carson Wentz. Those two names sound familiar? I mean, they were all in the same draft class 2016. But where's golf? They both got their contracts. Right. They, they both, both are in two different teams. Right. <laughs> Isn't that so, crazy? Because I was just, you yeah. know, I was getting ready to ask you, where are they at now? Well, Jared mm-hmm. is in football hell. He's in Detroit. Carson Wentz, his career might actually get resurrected because. He's with a guy yeah, his, that he his, trusts. His career, is definitely, his, his career is definitely about to get resurrected. He's, Yeah, he's definitely going to make the playoffs. He's going to be, you know, looked look at better in the media than what he is now, for sure, for sure. And you I'm not saying know, he's going to be – You want yeah, to know something else too? Don't be surprised. And I know everybody's still talking about Buffalo and the run that they made, but don't be surprised if – the Indianapolis Colts are the team that threatens Kansas City for that Super Bowl out of the AFC. Made you think, didn't I? I mean, I'm not. I mean, I'm not sold about Indianapolis right now. I don't see. I mean, Buffalo, yeah, for sure. Maybe in the Ravens, but 
Andy, no. Andy, I don't see it right now. Andy's a I don't lot. See it right now. Andy is a lot closer than you think with the acquisition of a Carson Wentz because of who their coach is, Frank Wright. Now think about what they did last year with a one and done. Uh, what's his name? Who was their quarterback last year? Came from the uh, Chargers. Was Philip Rivers? But you know it yeah. also. You know it also got them to their where they were at. Their defense. So yeah, the Colts might be closer than you think because the one good, the one thing you have to keep in mind, especially in the NFL, quarterback and coach relationship makes a big difference. And Carson Wentz has that with Frank Wright. Frank Wright was instrumental in Carson Wentz development his first two years in Philadelphia. And then not only do you have Frank Reich as the coach, I can't think of what the quarterback coordinator is, but he was the same guy that was also in Philadelphia. So you got those two guys. And the fact that Carson Wentz and Frank Reich both have a lot in common beyond the football field. So they already have a connection. And I believe what's going to happen here is Frank Reich is basically going to take a lot of pressure off of Carson Wentz. So all Carson has to do is just concentrate on football and playing the game that he loves to play. So that's why I'm going to say the Colts might be closer than you think. They got some good pieces at receivers too. So <laughs> don't don't sleep on them. Don't sleep on them. Because that was one of the biggest things, if I can run back in time, there was some local media here in Wichita, radio station I called into. And Andy Reid got – Hired by the Chiefs. So now it's like, who's your quarterback going to be? Well, they picked up Alex Smith. And there were so many people saying that, boy, that was a bad deal. That was a bad, of all the, why Alex Smith? Alex Smith, Andy Reid, at that time, and for the length of time, it made sense. A lot of those people that, Bucked against that, they had to eat crow. But I told him it was going to work. But it had this time frame of how it was going to work. And next thing you know, Patrick Mahomes comes up. There was a clean break from Andy Reid and Alex Smith, but it was a mutual partner of the ways. He seen what was happening, and there was no ill feelings about it. So, yeah, coach-quarterback relationship makes a heck of a lot of difference in the NFL. You almost got to have it. If you don't, you don't have a team. And that's why I come. Don't sleep on the Colts. I'm not saying they're going to make the Super Bowl, but they they will be a contender coming out of the AFC. I'll say right now, top four teams coming out of the AFC. Kansas City until somebody beats them. Buffalo, and it's not no particular order, Buffalo, Baltimore. All right, let me take Kansas City out of the equation. The other four teams vying to knock off the Chiefs. Buffalo, Baltimore, I'm going to say Tennessee, Indianapolis. Miami's not there yet. Yet is the key word. But those are four teams you got to look at outside of Kansas City coming out of the AFC. I agree. I mean, hold on. Um, 
you can't discount Cleveland. You know, I think Cleveland made the, the right strides. The, like, you know, I, I will say this in regards to Cleveland. Can they sustain it? What happens? What happens when OBJ comes back? Because he's not coming back. Okay, where is he going though? He's not coming back. I mean, that's between them and whoever they trade him to. But he's not going to be back in Cleveland. That's for sure. Because I mean, that's that is for sure. I mean, if Cleveland brings him back, they have no idea what they're doing down there because you do not need to do that. Obviously. Anthony Smith here with A-Train Sports Talk Podcast, your conductor. Just want to let you know that this podcast is listener supported. That's right, driven by you, the listener, who wants to support. So click on that support button down there. You have three options, 99 cents a month, $4.99 a month, or $9.99 a month. We'll get your ad rent on this podcast. So click the support button. Your support will be greatly appreciated. Once again, Anthony Smith with the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. Want to enhance your workout? Try the workout bands everyone is talking about. Three different resistance levels. Light, medium, and heavy. Only at www.cakeybums.com That's www.c-a-k-e-y-b-u-m-s.com www.cakeybums.com To enhance your workout, with the resistance bands that everyone is talking about. Hey, what's happening? It's Rick Thomas with Running the Table, and you already know you are on board the A-Train. Hang on for the ride. So, obviously, in regards to OBJ, we've established we don't want to mess with, they don't want to mess up their chemistry, right? Mm-hmm. Speaking of chemistry issues, there's another team that had to deal with some chemistry issues in a different sport. Talking about them Creighton Blue Jays and the fact that, well, let's just say some words were used that were not very kosher. And I'm hoping to pull that story up. Because it had an effect. Coach Greg McDermott was suspended indefinitely. Translation, he missed the game. But he was reinstated. The word he used was, and here we go, right here. Got it right here. Creighton Blue Jays reinstate men's 
basketball coach, Greg McDermott. And what I'm going to do right here is I am going to play some audio from this. So here we go. Alfonso Ellis joining us now. Alfonso, what's your reaction to Creighton reinstating McDermott after the university had suspended him indefinitely last Thursday? Yeah, I'm not surprised, Kevin. A person that's close to both the university and the program told me last week that the entire university, athletic department, men's basketball team, Blue Jay Nation, and even the community of Omaha were absolutely shocked by his statement and his poor word choice. And so they started to investigate and see if there was anything that would substantiate the fact that this is a pattern. They did that and clearly it was not. And so they thought that it was in their best interest and the interest of the players that they would get their reinstall their coach and put him back in his position to be able to coach his team. That source even told me that the players never want to see him resign, didn't want to see him get suspended. And so I'm sure they're going to handle it internally. People forget that Creighton is a Jesuit university private university committed to social justice and equality so i'm sure they'll handle it well internally and i'm not surprised at all by them reinstating him nine days so there's that right there so basically creighton's men's basketball coach greg mcdermott has been reinstated for all team activities following a one-game suspension for racially insensitive comments he made to his players in late february the school announced on monday so you, you just heard some of that audio there. Do you think they handled the situation right? And do you think the reinstatement was fair? First of all, the, um, I'm going to be honest with you. Do not believe that they handled the situation right? I'm going to say no. I don't I don't believe that. Is there a, 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 a little you know layoff or suspension or whatever? To be honest, I mean, maybe like a little bit of a, you know, a counseling or something that you can't say that, you know, even when your team is full of 17 players, five of them are African-American. So a little bit over under a third of your team is African-American. You can't say, you know, plantation like that, even though we know you to mean no harm to, you know, to it. But you just can't say that. And I don't and I just believe that. You know, this is a topic, you know, for a bigger discussion or platform or a different venue per, per se. But, you know, council culture is alive and well. But I don't believe what he said deserved him to be counseled in a way where he had to be suspended or reprimanded, to be honest with you. Um, so I don't believe that they handled that right, uh, to be honest. However, you know, the fact that the team can set them back, you know, after he acknowledged what he said was insensitive. Says a lot uh, that the about about him that he actually is a good man. She said something at the wrong time, or not even at the wrong time, but she said something that he shouldn't have said. And everyone, you know, has stuff stuff like that. He didn't say anything really egregious, but it was just insensitive. And people have those moments, so I don't take any issues with what he said. And yeah, Creighton dropped the ball, in my opinion. Okay. And it goes on says uh, the decisions allows McDermott to coach the Blue Jays in this week's Big East tournament. McDermott apologized Tuesday for his comments. Uh, coached Wednesday against Villanova and then was suspended indefinitely Thursday. He missed Creighton's win over Butler on Saturday with assistant coach Alan Huss filling in. 
Through his immediate apology, ownership of his actions, difficult dialogue with his team, and more, Coach McDermott has demonstrated a commitment to grow. And it said, I believe his apology, this is from Creighton Athletic Director Bruce Rasmussen said, I believe his apology, his commitment to grow from this, to learn, and to regain the trust of his student athletes and others impacted by his words. From our conversations, he understands that forgiveness must be earned and he is willing to work for it. So that's some of what's going on. So he's going, like I said, he's going to be, you know, able to do the full coaching activities, whatnot. But I, I can understand why they did that because, first of all, they had to check to see if there was a pattern of this going on. And from all accounts, there was no pattern of this. Unlike the situation that we had here in Wichita with Wichita State with uh, Greg Marshall, which led to basically his forced resignation or his buyout, so to speak. You know, evidently there had been a pattern of some things going on because we've noticed we've seen the mass exodus of players. Uh, players from the past speaking out of him punching them. Uh, students, athletes from other sports having altercations with him. You know, when you start hearing these things, like, okay, there's been a pattern, but you know, it kind of boils down to, you know, I'm probably all over the board here, but there are so many scenarios. Les Miles, for instance, who's dealing with his situation at Kansas. Last what I heard, still, you know, administrative leave. But they're talking about something that happened eight years ago. And why come Jeff Long didn't know about this when he hired him? And the crazy part about all that is the athletic director at the time at LSU had recommended, hey, we need to cut ties. They basically, if we can go back even farther, they told him the same thing that Penn State told Joe Paterno. They told Joe Paterno, shut up and coach. They told this guy, shut up. We're winning. Remember, those school presidents and chancellors have more stroke than athletic director. And as long as that team is winning, sometimes winning hides a whole lot. But when he couldn't produce, that's what it all boils down to. When you're not producing no more, now they find a way to get rid of you. But with Creighton, there was no pattern. And like you said, the players accepted him back. However, we'll get back to this. Creighton players had the opportunity to talk about how they felt about this. And one of the players, and I'm going to pull that audio up, spoke. And basically, he was the spokesperson for the team. And basically, they were hurt by the words, but the fact that they can, you know, come together, talk it out, accept them back says a lot. But here's this audio right here. So let's play this. You know, obviously, great win. Um, you know, I thought we, you know, had a step forward tonight. I thought, uh, you know, we really came together through a tough week. And, you know, I just wanted to, you know, talk about the situation with Coach Mack and, you know, before you guys ask any questions, because, 
you know, um, obviously it's a real sensitive topic, you know, you know, a lot of guys in, the, in that locker room, you know, were hurting from it. And, you know, I was hurting from, you know, what he said. And, but at the same time, you know, I think, um, um, you know, Coach Mack has, he's been a huge mentor for me. Um, and I know he would take a bullet for me and, and everybody in that locker room, including the coaching staff. So, you know, I just want to, you know, make that point across to, to, you know, to whoever's watching. And um, obviously, you know, the whole situation is, re is real tough. It's a sensitive topic. And, but um, I just wanted to say that, um, you know, I know we made a really, you know, sensitive mistake, really bad mistake with what he said. But, you know, only I know every, everything that he's done for me as a, as a, as a player, but more, more important as a human being. And, you know, he's, he loves me. He, he loves everybody in that locker room. And, you know, he's, he's shown that every single day I've been on this campus since June of 2018. So, um, you know, that's my coach and I, and I love that dude. And, you know, but people make mistakes, you know, the key is to, you know, really try and come together and, you know, focus on, you know, what we need to do to make a step forward. And, you know, I think we did that. And I, and I think our staff did a great job of, you know, having, you know, team meetings, you know, about basketball and about stuff off the basketball floor. And, um, you know, everyone got to express their own feelings, you know, and, um, you know, I think that video was a step forward, you know, that we did as a team and, you know, just coming out, you know, here, you know, playing for our four seniors and, you know, trying to um, just make the best of it and um, just try and compete for 40 minutes and, you know, not worry about what's off the floor. Just, you know, just for those 40 minutes, really focus on basketball. And, you know, I think that's what we did. And, you know, I think, you know, Coach Huss did a great job of that, of, prepare, of preparing us. And I'm just really happy for my guys. And, you know, this is a step forward for us. And, you know, we'll continue to, you know, talk about what happened. And, but um, but we're also continue to fight on the basketball floor. And, you know, I look forward to, you know, workouts and practice and, and then heading to New York to play in the Big East tournament. So, there you have that. So basically, the five Creighton men's basketball players explained Saturday in a short pregame video. What the devil? It's gone. Yes, sir. Mitch Bellock, second five. And Harris drives to the free throw line and scores it. Okay. I hate it when those glitches happen. But they happen to guys on Fox Sports Radio and ESPN, so they got live to happen to me too. But basically, it's saying five Creighton men's basketball players explained Saturday in a short pregame video why they were hurt by Coach Red McDermott's remarks in his locker room talk following a loss last weekend. A sixth player who didn't speak in the video, star guard Marcus Zergorowski, said after Saturday's 93-73 win in the audio we heard over Butler that even though McDermott made a mistake with his choice of words, he loves and supports all of his players. Here's what was said right here. McDermott twice used the term plantation as part of his comments urging team unity. So the university suspended McDermott indefinitely on Thursday after he had coached in a Wednesday loss at Villanova. Here's what was said. I need everybody to stay on the plantation. I can't have anybody leave the plantation, McDermott told the players after a loss on, at Xavier on February 27th, using a term 
evocative of slavery in the antebellum South. Creighton players hadn't commented publicly about McDermott's remarks until five black players spoke in the pregame video at CHI Health Center Arena. And here are some of the words that they had to say. James Baldwin said, not everything that is faced can be changed, but nothing can be changed without being faced. Blue Jays forward Christian Bishop said at the start. Guard Sharif Mitchell then said, for slaves, life on a plantation was filled with mental, emotional, physical, psychological, and sexual abuse. You were owned as property and not human. Remember those words right there because we're going to get back to that. Slaves had no rights and no voice. They were branded like cattle, forced from their homeland, and stripped of their culture, language, and basic human rights. They worked 18 hours a day, six days a week. Any sign of wrongdoing such as lack of productivity, not following instructions, or resistance will result in beatings or death. And that is why. And what Coach Mack said hurt me and my teammates, guard Denzel Mahoney said. Guard Antoine Jones then said, people speak about inequalities and equalities, but don't truly know what it means to be equal. And I feel like this is the start for a new conversation to be had in the future. Let's continue to educate each other and let's continue to grow. Forward Damien Jefferson said, if I was your son, would it matter then? Let's not be okay with racism. Let's start the conversation. Then the video ended in silence with all Creighton players locked arm in arm on the court. Afterward, lift every voice and sing. Also known as the Black National Anthem was played. Neither team was on the court for the National Anthem. Wow. Sprung, huh? Yeah, that's... But the fact that they can talk about it, make a video, pregame video, but then at the same token, accept their coach back. This is one of those moments where you could say, that doesn't happen too often. They didn't want the, they didn't want the coach to resign. They didn't want him to lose his job behind this. They just want him to know we didn't appreciate your trust of words. This is how we feel. And let's continue to educate. And of course, right. there are some things that the coach is going to have to go through. I've seen where he's got to go through a, a, some type of equality or equity type of uh, counseling for several months based on the uh, comments that he made. As a matter of fact, Creighton Athletic Director Bruce Rasmussen said additional sanctions were under consideration, none of which would be made public. And you know, far too often, you know, we live in this meet social media world and we have access to everything when it happens. But when I grew up, I'm 53 years old. Fortunately, and you know, I don't wave this in people's face like you know, 
they have some shame about. But I'm one of those rare breeds. I grew up two parents. Grew up the son of a pastor. So, yeah. Yeah, I was under some strict guidelines. But the one thing, one thing my parents used to always tell me, what goes on in this household stays on in this household. And I'm getting these pop-ups again. I hate this. Family business stays in family. And I believe that when you can handle things within your own confines without everybody else getting involved and putting their two cents in, I think you have a better chance of working things out. You know, I, I was married once upon a time and uh, thought about doing the counseling thing, but what I like paying somebody to tell me something I should do, and I think I know what I should do anyway, because at the end of the day, only thing that counselor wants is my money, and I ain't got enough of it to give you. So I think the fact that when you see this statement that other sanctions are under consideration, none of which are made public, I think that's how it should be. Mm-hmm. I better check. I agree. Time. I better check the time. All right. Anything else you want to add to that? Because I know you. You want to add a little bit to that? Uh, I don't have anything else, man, on the on that situation. I mean, I just like I said, uh, I, if I was creating, if I was the athletic director, me the chancellor of the university, I wouldn't have, you know, done that. But hey, to each his own. Um, but in the spirit of basketball, I don't know if we got maybe like five to ten minutes for a quick repack of the uh, All Star game last night. Yeah, let's talk about the All-Star game last night. Let's talk about that. We got like 10, 11 minutes. Let's okay, talk yeah, about we, that. Yeah. Um, I don't know about you. Um, you know, initially I was skeptical of the league trying to come through with the game. Uh, but I was thoroughly surprised about the product. And, you know, although – Albeit that I know that the uh, excuse me, I'm sorry, someone just dropped. Mm-hmm. Albeit that I know uh, LeBron James team was gonna, you know, win regardless. Uh, it was a good game, and LeBron James played like only the first half, barely, barely, barely. Yeah. How about a total of 13 minutes and four points? Right. So how about how how about this moment right here? How about Steph Curry doing his LeBron James impersonation? Oh, where he did one? Did it to the T. Three oh, point man. shot in the corner turns around. Oh, he turned around. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That one, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that was amazing. Yeah, and, and, and you and you know the the thing about this All Star game, I'm actually glad it went off, and I have my reasons why I come. I'm glad it went off, and here it is right here. It's coming up. 
Oh, then I already did that, so I'll just X out of that. NBA support of HBCUs was the main event at All Star Weekend. Historically black colleges and universities, HBCUs took center stage alongside LeBron James, Steph Curry, and NBA's best players during the league's all-star festivities on Sunday. On a night when the NBA stars put on the show with Team LeBron defeating Team Durant, 170-50, HBCUs made their presence known with their own talent. Vice President Kamala Harris shared motivational words. Singer Gladys Knight belled out the national anthem. Clark Atlanta's choir sang Lift Every Voice and Sing. Marching bands introduced the players. Step teams performed, and three NBA referees who attended HBCUs officiated during the game. At the end of the night, the NBA and National Basketball Players Association donated $3 million to HBCUs and those affected by COVID-19. So at the end of the day, if there ever was an NBA All-Star game that was worth playing for the cause that it was playing, this was it. That was the one. And and for all the talk that, you know, LeBron James not wanting to be there, I'm going to be there physically but not mentally. I believe once he got there, I think mentally he was in all in. I agree with you. Now the only thing left for him to do is retire as captain so he can walk away with a 4-0 record as a team captain. And, and it might be a good thing maybe put Giannis in as a team captain next year. Or no, you can do Luka Doncic. Or look right. Team Giannis versus Team Luka. That, that'd, be a good, that'd be a good one. But the one thing that stands out because a lot of it been said about Giannis that all he does is dunk on people. Mm-hmm. Well, he was 16 for 16 last night, and three of those makes was three-point shots. Yeah. But some of the three-point shots that were going up in that game, I've seen guys shooting three-point shots from the airport. I know that's a slight exaggeration, but you get the point, right? Could you? But how about the two teammates going head to head, Damon Lillard and Steph? They were going head to head on who can shoot the longest and make the exactly. Uh, like on the two teammates, just doing it and being competitive. And then the, when you mentioned how Steph did LeBron James' you no know, signature, yeah, when he hit it, when he hit it, the camera panned to Dame, and Damon had like a little deadpan face on, like he was upset, like he was like, wow. Right, but did you? But, yeah, see, but did you see LeBron's reaction? Like, yeah, I don't believe you did that. I mean, it was it was like one of those catch that Kodak moment because they're having fun with that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that that was I that, to me that was that would have to top out to me now as the most entertaining All Star game and for the calls, and then also the tribute to Kobe Bryant. And, you know, and it's still hard to say tribute to Kobe Bryant because part of me still want to believe that one day we're going to see Kobe walk through those doors that 
the helicopter crash just didn't really happen. Right. And it, it just, every time they even I just see like you know memorials of them, it's just like what this man is really gone out of everybody is Kobe. Like you would never expect that. Exactly. So, do you have any passing thoughts? Because you know, we, one of these days we're gonna have a format. But at the same right. time, I kind of like it when we could just go off the top, you know. But uh, any passing thoughts? We got roughly four minutes left. Any passing thoughts? Any words you want to uh, share? Baseball. Baseball starts in two weeks, April first. Cubs and the White Sox are allowed fans in the stadium, so at least baseball is going to come back with some fans. That's a good thing. Yeah. Um. Nothing much. That's besides that. That's it. Well, once again, I thank you for hooking up with me on my podcast. And I'm off work again tomorrow. So who knows? We might do another segment tomorrow evening. Maybe we can talk a little bit of baseball. Yeah, maybe so. So until the next time, this is the Anthony and Smokey show that y'all are listening to. We'll be back again sooner rather than later. And maybe we'll pick up a few more passengers along the way. But until the next time, keep your ticket because it's reusable and it's free and this train is still building up ahead of steam. It's the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast with my co-host Smokey. We'll be back at you most likely tomorrow talking a bit a little bit of MLB and a little bit of NLB. You know what that is? Negro League Baseball. Why not throw some of that in as we right. get geared up towards the baseball season? So until next time, take care of yourself and each other. Have a blessed day and stay on the tracks or stay at the station because we'll be picking you up soon. We're out.